Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 647. Kyle Clark. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. You're particularly like like AM traffic reporting right now. I like it. Well, let's uh let's go to traffic and then we're gonna see what's happening in the <laughs> did someone, I should just do the tick 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 like the typewriters in the background. <laughs> like we're in a busy, bustling newsroom. Anything on the Nerdist Community Corkboard? Uh, I got one that I think you're gonna enjoy. Are you familiar with Texas? I've heard of it. Well, there's a town in Denton, and on April fourth. They're having an entire day dedicated to Doctor Who. They're having what? Doctor Who Day in, in Denton, Denton Texas, Texas, April fourth. Yes, they you are, are shitting. Sh- me. They are showing uh, the Doctor Who the Ninth Doctor miniseries as like a big public screening, and they're just literally it's a full day full of just Doctor Who activities. Choice. That's fantastic. It's uh, it looks real cool. That came from uh, uh, Jake Eckes, and uh, that sounds insane. They're gonna have just Tardises and sonic screwdrivers, and just Texas will become a whole little nexus of the universe. Love it. I love it. Uh, anything else on there? Uh, I got another one for this guy, uh, Mike Valdez, who has sent it a couple times. He has a band called Mike Valdez and the Noise, and they have an album called Dreamer that he just put out. We got nice. a lot of talented young musicians who have been sending in stuff. And Great. So Send in everything. Events at Nerdist.com. So uh, Mike Valdez and the Noise dot because God love uh, Bandcamp and all their supporting independent music. But uh, his re- record's pretty good. He's, uh, he's hit me up on Twitter a few times. He is a, a really talented young musician, and I really like his record. So you should get that record. Put it in your car and then road trip to Doctor Who Day. Yes. Um, I'm adding a bunch more cities to the Fun Comfortable Tour. So go to funcomfortabletour.com. I have cities through the rest of the year. I will be going to Texas. Not on April 4th, unfortunately, uh, but I would. If only you had some kind of object that could transcend space and time. I don't know. I don't know what that would be. I just, I mean, I, I mean, maybe somebody could write in with an idea of some sort. I don't know. I yeah, need to make a phone call in this police box. What's happening? <laughs> um, also, I believe we're doing a beta test at Meltdown Feb- uh, the 16th in a week. Yep. March 16th. Um, I don't know who's on that show just yet, but it'll be it's me and two time. people. We uh, on, on, on This Is Rad, we record it while you're doing beta test upstairs. And so sometimes when it gets real loud, we'll just be like, good one, Chris. Oh, thanks. But it's not always me, Kyle. There's yeah, other comedians like on there. there. We just assume it's you. Who was on the last one? The last one was... That was uh, the epic one with April Richardson and TJ Miller. And, and, uh, uh, and Oh, it was Matt Kirshen. That was it. Yeah, Matt Kirshen was on I there, just too. I'm always excited to see that April Richardson because she's a delight. She's delightful If only there was a way they could see her as she's traveling across the country. On the fun, comfortable tour. Yeah, uh, this episode is Jack Antonoff, who is promoting the Bleachers album Strange Desire. Uh, Jack was in the band Fun, and uh, he is... He is such a nice man. He's so nice. It was crazy. Like, that was just everybody walking away. What a nice man. I mean, not just nice, but in, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, in Steel Train, because I love Steel Train. You love Steel Train. Steel Train yeah. are a solid band. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very introspective guy. Super... 
Kind of a deep fellow. Super deep. I would say. Uh, but I enjoyed having him on, and so uh, we'll have him back again at some point. Uh, thanks, Jack Antonoff. And I believe he's just Jack Antonoff on Twitter, so follow his various musings on the tweets. Here's Nurse Podcast number 647 with Jack Antonoff. Katie, start the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. Uh, I was in a comedy group, a musical comedy duo, and this was the album. Hard and firm. Hard and firm. Hard and firm. Yeah. This uh, picture is a piece of. Uh, there's this place in Tucson called the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum, and all of the. Uh, it's basically a bunch of indigenous animals to to the desert. Oh. And they've sort of carved this. Sort of like a natural zoo, like the yeah. sort of natural enclosures, but it very much like just blends into the desert, and they're all indigenous creatures. That's cool. And uh, and so this was a sign, like this was a sign for the display of horses and grasses. Oh, nice. Are you from Tucson? No, but my ex girlfriend was from Tucson. Really? And so we used to go there all the time. Yeah, you're a real desert queen. The what? Club Congress. I've been there. It's a really cool place. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really like Tucson a lot. I really like it. But anyway, I had to call the museum and be like, can I use this picture for an album cover? And uh, they were like, well, what's the content like? And, you know, some of our content is a little sweary. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, I think we say the F word and maybe like tits a couple of times. And the guy was like, oh, all right. Everyone's what's the band called? That. Chris and Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's the backstory. Oh, nice. But we're not here to talk about my uh, old comedy groups, Jack. We're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Jack today. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pre- just pretty good. Yeah, well, I've been I've been in bed. My girlfriend had her appendix out, and Oof. so I've been in bed because she's recovering for three days straight. So oh I'm like, God. you know, when you take time off. And instead of it being like relaxing, it's like strange. Yes, it's strange because uh, it's the momentum of all the times that you were not relaxing all of a sudden uh, yeah. come to a sudden stop, and your but body, on someone else's account, yeah, yeah, <laughs> your yeah. body slamming into itself totally. And uh, there's like a lot of people are sending cupcakes, mm-hmm. so I feel like really bloated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'm yeah. good. Are cupcakes good for uh, an appendix out? No, people don't think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially like flowers. Like people f- send flowers, and it's like. What do you do with flowers? Well, why don't they you just send her a die. good appendix? That's a exactly anyone think a better that? one? No, no one thought to do that. Dicks. Just a lot of crap from Jones on Third. Pretty. Ri- <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. It's expensive enough that it looks like we tried. <laughs> I've never. I was not raised that way. Like I n- I've never sent a thank you card. I've never sent. A th- you're you're looking at me like that's terrible. I've never. It's, Okay, I thought you were making a thank you card face. Hey, you're really sensitive about this thank you card thing. Well, because some people are like, some people are like, you don't send fucking yeah, thank you cards. Like, that's, that's terrible. My wife's father, never. too. Yeah. Never? I've never. Have you? I have, yeah. 
I wasn't raised like that. If someone's sick, I don't send them food. <laughs> just like my parents didn't do that yeah. for me. Or I give them or, a hollow. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah, like I text all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Let you know. What if they're yeah. like, oh, okay? Can you run by the store and pick up some honeycomb? I've, I've done it. People have called my bluff, and I've had to man up and like bring friends soup. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's manning up. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to drive across town for someone else's soup. Manning up is like fighting a bear. Like not going. No, to the no, store. like a, a modern man up. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, gotcha. like giving someone a ride when yeah. it was. Exactly, offer. being inconvenienced. That's Contemporary, a, man. I'm, yeah, man, yeah. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> did, did her appendix burst? or were No, they no, like, it was no. just like a, a precautionary. It was like a preemptive oh, okay. removal. Something was wrong, though, right? It wasn't like, why don't you just take this out and no, we'll see what happens. No, it wasn't like, no. there's a couple of days off, let's do this. It was a good idea. Good. I mean, doctors, you do what they say, you know? In general, yeah. But it did, it, it did get this conversation going where my dream in life, mm-hmm. which is sort of what happened to her, is that I'll go to the doctor and he'll, do, he'll look all over the place and then he'll like say, it's this, and then he'll like put his hand on me and be like, you're going to start feeling a lot better. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> don't you feel like shit? Yeah. Yeah. And sure. Like, and it's like nothing, right? Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Don't you wish like a doctor would be like, we found the thing. Yeah. And you're going to start feeling a lot less tired. <laughs> A lot less weird. There's one weird hair yeah. on your shoulder, and if we pull it out, mm. every, yeah. everything's going to fall into I place. I knew it. I knew that was something. Yeah. I feel like I everyone feels that way. Everyone feels yeah. like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's got to be something better. Well, the reason that everyone feels like garbage is because... Here we go. We, do, <laughs> <laughs> we don't take time to not be plugged into something at all times. Like, your attention is being uh, sapped... All day long, you're having to focus on things all day long, and we're mentally exhausted. Mentally exhausted. So I I think that's probably... Well, in your case, too, you're busy with work shit, too. Yeah, but I feel like your life becomes... Your life, so then you, like you stop, like I stop thinking about touring as something that makes me tired or right. like or hurts my body. Right. So I just think about the fact that like, do I have like, do I have mono? Right. Is there something wrong? <laughs> yeah. Can someone help? Is there anything that anyone can do? Yeah. And that's why a lot of people are addicted to pills and things. <laughs> well, I spend a lot of money on like injections and stuff. Oh, like B twelves and yeah. shit. Does it work? I don't know. I think so. I like know? to think it does. Yeah, I think. It's I feel an... pretty energetic with it when I get them done. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you get the one that makes you feel like you you peed? Yeah, magnesium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and weird. Uh, and there's another one with a some, put some milk thistle in it. Yeah, yeah. I do all that stuff because. Hey, you guys getting yeah. injections at Whole Foods? You probably could. Yeah, that's a, you can, it's a, you know well some of these injection places are pretty much just like holistic mumbo jumbo stuff, but you know, but I think it works. You know, would be really great would be hug injections where someone could just transfer whatever you minerals you needed from that's their sex. body. That's a hug injection. Oh, sex. it is. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah, that's when true. You hug and then there's fluids. Transfer. Yeah. So that's like literal milk thistle, uh, <laughs> turning, thistle in, turning into a baby. Um, was, so it's okay that you came here today and not. Oh yeah, yeah it, it's the tail end of it. Okay, good. But it's but it's just weird to have time to do nothing. It makes you feel worse when when people say it's going to make you feel better. Have you been watching anything? Uh, I watched the. You could catch dr- up on girls. I heard that show's real good. It's so good. It uh, good. <laughs> Drug lord documentary on El Chapo. Yeah, you see it? No, you know no. El Chapo. No, I don't know this one. He's like apparently like the biggest dude, like right cartel. now. Well, he's been taken out. Oh, uh, well, he was arrested, but it's like just, an appendix. Yeah, th- th- that's where they got him. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Descendants documentary. Ah, uh, filmage. It's great. That's great. It's great, but so it's like nothing really like nothing, nothing really new. bad happens. Like, it's like you know, it's like the guy ends up getting like a 
a it, brain tumor. It's, it's a fan-only documentary. It really is. If you want footage yeah. you haven't seen yet. It's just cool. Yeah, it's just really, really cool. I, I enjoyed it. It um, made me feel good. I started watching The Affair. How is that? Yeah, they how they is just that? got picked up for a second season, so it must have been good. It's okay. I don't like they do this thing that makes me fucking crazy where they... We can curse, right? Mm-hmm. It makes me fucking crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it makes me want to fucking kill myself. But uh, where they like... Half the episode is his perspective, and the other half is her perspective, which is sort of a neat idea, right? Yeah. But in every time they switch perspectives, not only did different things happen, and not even like a subtle way, like people seeing things differently, like totally different things happen, and they're wearing different clothes. So I just don't understand. Oh, it gets hard to like what up. element of like science fiction. Some characters are white that are here. black, and the other one like they just mix <laughs> it up. That's problematic. Yeah. Well, I think maybe that's just a way to further change like to further show the idea of just how wildly different perspectives can be it bugs me mm. and but and mcnulty's in it yeah um and i always see him as mcnulty yep um it's okay tv's weird it's a weird time in tv because i feel like i could watch anything sometimes it's there it's it, you know the days of just sitting on the couch and letting whatever's on hit you in the face i haven't had that in a real long well, time nothing's really procedural anymore no. Everything is like you have to be so invested. Or yeah, like, everything has an arc now. Yeah. Except for uh, Law and Order. That's why it continues to be just such a powerhouse. I don't set. think it's on anymore, is it? Or one of them is, NCIS right? is not Law and Order. No, or it's it not? It is? Aren't the Law and Orders done, Kyle? I think there's one still on. I think SVU maybe. SVU still on? Oh. That's the sex one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Special Victims <laughs> Units. It's a sex thing. <laughs> That's a sex crimes one. Yeah, I haven't seen... That one I never watched... I hadn't seen that one, but boy, I remember the days of uh, when I had all the free time in the world, which I don't miss, but catching like three or four Law and Orders and maybe a few Quantum Leaps on the USA channel. Yeah. yeah. And not thinking about which episode is going to be, just watching it. I wish Sam could have leaped into Jack McCoy. That would have been really fun. That would be fun. But I don't foresee that crossover happening now <laughs> since both shows are not happening anymore. But anyway, if uh, Sam Watterson or Scott Bakula is listening to the podcast and you have control over that IP, then by all means, let's make it happen. I'm surprised they haven't tried to bring it back. Huh? What, Quantum Leap? Yeah. That's a show that should come back. Did you watch Quantum Leap? No. Do people want it back? Yes! Uh! I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's what, a good what, show. When was it on? Like late 90s? Early 90s. No, early 90s. Yeah. Maybe late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it was good. Well, Scott, how old are you? 30. 30. Okay, 32. <laughs> it was around. Are you 30? No. How old are you? I'm a lot older than that. A lot? Mm-hmm. You look about 30. I appreciate that. And it's your birthday. <laughs> I'll be 43. Nice. You, you're tomorrow. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Sunday. How does that feel? Um, well. Was 40 a big deal? 39 was a big deal. I understand that. I think 31 is going to be a big deal. Yeah, because it's not. For the same reason. Because it's like, it, this thing is coming. Yeah. But then once you turn it, and then you're like, well. Here I am. Can't stop I, it. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. You know what I think it is? You know, it's funny because um, I think uh, it's just whatever this idea built up in my head about, you know, where you – when you start to approach it, then you start going like, oh, yeah, I don't have all the time in the world. Yeah. There is an end point to everything. And so that's sort of a head trip. And then um, just these preconceived notions we had about our parents' generation and what it means to be certain ages and just these ideas about what we put in our heads. And you got to have like 20 years off of that, I think. I hope, yeah. So I'm like 23. Um, and then... Uh, it's, and, e- it's easier for a man, though. 
It, it, it's, it with, is, with the it, children conversation. Because we could potentially forever. You have a lot of time. Yeah, Tony Randall was having kids uh, well into his 70s. Jesus. And, um, and so, uh, so live like Tony Randall is the lesson for today. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. But, it, it, but I think that, uh, you know, it is weird. It's, it, is, it is strange. But philosophically, it, you know, I look at it and I go, well... I'm in better shape and doing better in my life than I ever have been, so that should be good. But then you're like, yeah, but the number. So it is sort of, I don't know, it's, it's sort of weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think about dying a lot, so it's a weird thing. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. How can you not? How do you, how do you want to die? I don't want to. Well, we have to. Um, I mean, in the most square way. Like, I would love to just, like, you know, during a scandal marathon, yeah, during a scandal marathon, and you know, like a long, long time from now, just sort of like drift off, or you know what, with everyone I love surrounding in a in a fuck fucking blaze of shit, like mm-hmm. you know, like like when I'm on an airplane, I feel very scared, and when I'm on an airplane with like all the people that I would miss if if we're dead or whatever, yeah. I'm not scared anymore. Well, that's interesting. So it'd actually be nice if like I was a hundred, and then we were taking like they were taking me on a family vacation to celebrate my life, right? <laughs> 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 and That's on so this trip, sweet yeah, and selfish at the same time. <laughs> and on this trip, we all went down together. Yeah. They, were, they were taking you on a. They were taking you on a a, a, a cannonball exploration. Yes, where you basically everyone <laughs> just does weird circus things. Yeah. And then, uh oh, mishap! We shouldn't have shot a hundred year old guy out of a cannon. Uh, but at least we were all here. Yeah, yeah. But they have to die too. Well, okay. Then how about this? Uh, we fire your because now I'm involved in the planning of it. We fire your hundred-year-old body into your friends and family, or at least like into uh, like you could you could put them around some type of a, a, a device that would then explode when you hit like it. A Rube Goldberg, something. Like, yeah, like yeah. a Rube Goldberg. I we could turn you into a Rube Goldberg. Yeah, I trigger something that triggers something that annihilates them. That's right. You know what I really want? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is I want the world to end because I, I think it would be stressful, like like serious FOMO. Yeah. To die and then everything keeps going. It'll definitely happen. When I die. No, I mean, like, the world, the world will definitely will end. end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually think that that's a fair thing to, to hope, not hope for, but wonder if that in our generation we'll see the world end. That's not crazy. Um, not, and I don't mean end in, like, a, like, like just like, like we destroy the world, like just some right. like horrible nuclear situation. Right. Like, it's, that's not insane. No, I guess it's not insane. But, uh, but it, would be, it would be pretty... Or something vaguely apocalyptic. It would have to be an. It would have to be a pretty insane event for the entire world to yeah, get not, snuffed out. Yeah, not the whole out. world, but just something apocalyptic. Where yeah, it's like it gets bad. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, the Omega Man and me and my loved ones yeah. can move on. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, as long and, as they're not doing anything without me, at some point in billions <laughs> yeah. of years, the sun will expand and uh, take out uh, everything near it, and then. Um, so it really is a race. Oh, it's not a race. It's a and race it, to get to another planet. Oh, to oh, that's what you okay. Yeah. I don't not for us though. For other people maybe. We're not going to make it there. No. We're not going to be around. No, 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 no we won't. Mono, it's so stressful. Our molecules will be around like though. Moving. What? Our strands of carbon will be around, that's redistributed true. into the carbon sphere. We talking like uh, other lives? No, I'm, I mean, I think our, our literal, our literal <laughs> molecules will just be scattered and reabsorbed over and over again, oh. scattered into the earth, and then yeah, re-absorbed. I think that's true. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think we'll have any consciousness about it, but uh, yeah, I think 
I think ultimately, what if you like we're in seventh grade and we all just got high for the first time? Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> Some real NYU freshman shit. Like, I don't believe in God, but like yeah. this table could be God. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he's like an old man with a big white beard, but yeah. you know, he's maybe he's got a goatee. Yeah. I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> My God has a goatee. <laughs> If religion's taught us one thing, it's that Jesus was definitely white. Yeah. <laughs> point point is, I don't want to be like torn apart by wolves or anything like that. Right, right. That's, right. that's the one you thing I'm sure. Slowly, you just no. want it to be like super fast. Yeah. You just like want your head to come off, or you just no, want not to that explode. either. You want to explode. I'd like to explode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spontaneously combust. You just are like just to explode. No, yeah. I don't know. Spontaneous what combustion. The... I think spontaneous combustion is bad news because you basically. I think there's you're still conscious while you're expanding while you're catching on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, it also has implications for the things around you, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's like, true. can you just spontaneously combust without like certain like science stuff happening around you that's not good for the environment? Oh, like do you let off of some certain yeah. kind of gas. That annihilates the other people you love, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Well, I see where you're going with this. Spontaneous family combustion. <laughs> That's really interesting. You know, it's funny. I've talked about this before, but I'm not... It's not the actual death part that I'm super afraid of, but it's all of the dread that would surround such a thing. Um, and, it, and it's interesting that we're talking about this because it's this sort of the year anniversary of my dad dying, and that was just... He just had a... He just he had a heart attack, and just that was it. No... Nothing. He was totally fine up to that point. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't fine, or he wouldn't have had a heart attack. But for all intents and purposes, he was fine. Yeah, and then gone. And uh, and I think, I mean, obviously, it's horrible. But I think, like, wow, what a great way to go! Like, how lucky that he didn't have to wither, and you know, and it sucks to lose someone suddenly. But at the same time, he didn't have to suffer. He didn't have to know it was coming. The family didn't have to watch him shrivel. Like he. Yeah. It was the I, to me. It was like, oh yeah, that's that's how you want to go. Like, yeah. oh my, I, I have like indigestion and then gone. As yes, himself. yes. It's absolutely. better to burn out than to fade away. Right. Yeah. Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Uh, so it's, for me, I think that would probably be a great a great way at some yeah. point. Just not soon. No, not soon. Do you feel like you're in a? Do you feel like you're in a race? Like I gotta beat death to a certain some finish line of. Things to make. Yeah, I really do. I don't know why, but I feel very like stressed about the things I want to accomplish and how I'm going to do them. And that the, that list of things keeps changing, so it's sort of like a spiral. It's sort of like the thing that keeps me alive and kills me at the same time. Did you have a lot of brothers and sisters? Well, I had I had two siblings. One died actually, which is topical. Oh, jeez. Um, like twelve years ago, the opposite was was sick for a long time. Um, but so now I have one sister. So she must have just been a kid. Yeah, she was thirteen. Oh my! I was God. eighteen at the time. But which I think plays into that. Like I don't know how you felt since you lost your father, but like I think that when you lose people and then you're so aware of how quick it is, you just some people some people have the opposite reaction and just you know lie face down in bed. But then other people get like obsessed with the things they want to do. Right. Like I had a little bit of that. To just uh, like oh shit, there's very limited. We must do as much as possible. Yeah, just sort of like a like the cliche feeling of like we gotta live you know yeah but you know what though what's interesting about that is that you can run around scrambling around so much that you're actually not living you're just occupying your time with activities and chores i think about that a lot with work it's like there's all these things i want to do but then like how do you also find the balance to you know the past three days of like lying in bed like that was also pretty exciting (laughs) you know there were a lot of like interesting conversations and we just sort of existed yeah it's hard it's because in some cases you do one or the other where it's just a very much an all or nothing kind of a kind of an approach. Some people are very good with moderation, where they can 
go, yeah, you know, I work during the week. And then like our manager, Alex, is like, he's works like a dog all week long. But then, you know, Friday, it's like Friday rolls along and he's like, yeah, I just hung out with the kids and just chased a ball around the yard and swatted the kids on the ass and gave them hugs. And you you can call him, you can try and talk about work, but he won't hear it. Yeah. And he's fulfilled. He's He's totally fulfilled. He's the happiest guy I know. Really? Yeah. 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 Just loves it. Wow. Yeah, loves his life and just is so easygoing and really just the more, probably one of the most balanced people we know. Yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel jealous of that. Yeah, I, th- I think about it a lot. You I know? think about like just, you know, the idea of like trying to figure out like aspirations and work and also just having like a, a fulfilling life of like, you know, friends and meaningful moments uh, that come from o- outside of accomplishments. There's a, it's like yeah. that's the thing that I've always been trying to it's figure nature, out. It's nature, but it's, it's also a nature nurture thing. It's so what did you learn when, what did, how did you learn to deal with the world? And then also what specific chemicals happen to be, you know, squishing around in your brain that, that predispose you to certain behavior patterns yeah, yeah definitely. i would imagine but i deal with a lot of like chip on my shoulder stuff with work like that that go resent it no no like i feel like like i grew up in in like you know middle class new jersey where it was like everyone went to school and then went to college i didn't do that stuff and like in those you know some like some uptown shit but like <laughs> in the context of my life like that was like everyone was like oh he's a loser he's going on tour and so a lot of my career and my work ethic is also based on like I'm not a loser. Yeah, proving like, them wrong. Yeah, like like there's this invisible person. We've already like, done a pretty good job of. But it doesn't go that. away. No, like, I know it no, doesn't yeah, go away. Yeah. I know it doesn't go away. But some people just feel like 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 someone's against them or not. I don't and I don't know if it's a bad thing always. I think I think it, a lot of it has to do with goal setting and, and, the, and the specificity of your goal setting. So in other words, it's funny that um, we set so many goals that are event based or thing based or out or externally based. It's like, oh, I want to do this, or I have to accomplish this, I have to accomplish this. And then ultimately you would think, well, the underlying reason must be so that I can be happy and fulfilled. But it's very rare that people set goals where they go, you know, I want to go to bed every night happy or feeling fulfilled. And so I'm going to make choices during that day. Some day that might be work. Some days that might be exercising. Some days that might be shoving brownies into my face. Like, But every day I'm going to go to bed happy. It's weird that we sort of try to take these circuitous routes to happiness without just going, I think I'm just going to try to figure out what makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Like, I feel like I'm happy in a, in a big way. Yes. But on, but a lot of nights I go to bed or wake up really, you know, miserable, stressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think those are all part of things that are making me happy in the big way. Right, right, right. It's the, the, the it's funny that you can have a macro happiness, but micro stress. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I do have a lot of, like, lately I've, I've had a lot of, like, waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, and being, like, I've made a series of decisions that have led me here, you know, to looking like a 95-year-old professor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, is that you are only 30 years old, and then you have plenty of time to... And you don't have your, a doctorate. Yep. Man. To fill your life with whatever you want. You're not a, you're not a professor. Yeah. <laughs> you're not an Egyptian professor. <laughs> so... It is, uh, you can still do, you can still do whatever you want. What else do you want to do besides music stuff? I, I, I basically want to do this, but I, I want to keep um, doing it better. You know, and I want to keep pushing, kind of, just want to keep pushing at it really hard. And that's, uh, that sounded gross. No, not at all. <laughs> um, How do you define what's better? That, that, that's the tough thing is it just sort of like is a feeling or it isn't, you know? So you work on stuff, you can work on stuff for months and months, and it could be like, 
cool and you could have an idea that happens in two minutes you're like that's the shit like that's the that's the cool thing you know that's the thing that feels really interesting that's the thing that i'm really proud to do um and so you just it's like this weird search for that feeling yeah you just have to keep working and putting yourself in the position to hope it, it happens yeah and it feels really good when it happens but it also it's like anytime it happens i immediately have this feeling of like oh fuck when's it gonna happen again it's it's, it's like how people describe you know heroin or whatever yeah the dragon. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you're addicted look, to the high of accomplishments yeah yeah because it does feel so good it makes you feel like you have a, a purpose you know when i'm when i'm doing things like that when i'm in, t- in in touch with that i feel alive and like i have um a reason to exist and like i matter and i'm contributing something and when I don't, it's like the opposite. I feel like who gives a shit, right? But just be careful not to—not that you asked me—but <laughs> I've been through this. What's your take on it? Just, just be careful not to rely too heavily on external sources of validation. They're very nice. No, it's a personal thing. It, it is. It's, it's all like my opinion of it. Yeah. Like when I think something is like really exciting. Do you ever make lists of things? Like, do you ever make your lists? Of uh, you know, like, what did I do this year? And just write down everything that you accomplished professionally and emotionally and relationship-wise. I mean, if you see everything laid out, you you could probably go like, oh, okay, actually, you know, because you tend to only really give yourself credit for like the last thing you did. Yeah. yeah. But no, if you, I've see, never done if, you that. if you see everything laid out, you might go, oh, well, I actually have. I think I am sort of on the right path, or at least I have. You know. Yeah, I've done that the, the past uh, few years, and it's a it's a really nice thing to do. Really? For so do you, do you do it at the end of the year, or just I do it at the end of the year, or I'll do it like midway through the year, and kind of uh, just you know look at the things I did or I, I pulled off, or the things like even just like happy moments that I recalled. Like I kind of put them all in this like list of the year. The it's amazing year. the incredible things that you might accomplish that you just forget. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I did do that thing, you yeah. know, because you're so focused on totally, you know, short term, short term. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real pain in the ass. I think about that a lot <laughs> with like anxiety and depression too. It's like the the your capability of being kind to yourself is like minute compared to how you can treat other people. So like the way that like we speak to ourselves or some people do it, like, of course, you would never speak to another person. Of course, like it's unbelievable, kind of like making a list and putting it in front of your face. Like, yeah, I think about that a lot. And I've talked about it in therapy too. Like, why can't I treat myself the way I treat other people? Like, if I saw someone else being like, I'm panicked about this and that, I'd be like, No, you're you're great. You've done all these things and blah blah blah. It's bizarre that you can't use that voice on your on yourself. Have you ever have you do you do you have someone that you're close to, friend or family or relationship otherwise that beats themselves up? And then you get mad at them for beating themselves up the way that you would get mad at someone else for beating them up. Yeah, people I'm really close to I can abuse on, on, on that level. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean you. I mean like I mean like they beat themselves oh, up. They beat themselves up. And then you're like, stop doing that. Like yeah, the way yeah. that you would say stop doing if it was someone else attacking them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you. That, and so when you you know when you can see that it's such a bad. We really are mean to our. We're really mean to ourselves. And and I think a lot of it just, you know, it's it's. Early childhood stuff. At what what level do you think you deserve? And what you know when people start getting out of that comfort level, then they sort of freak out. You know, I mean, like you have this idea in your head of like, this is who I am, and I deserve no better than this. And if if things start going really well, you might start pounding yourself to balance it out or something. I don't know, but you don't have to do that. I think the universe is neutral. Yeah, no one. It doesn't really care. You make up all those rules yeah. in your head. 
The universe is neutral. It's a nice thought. It yeah. is. It doesn't, you know, when people think like things are conspiring, it's like, no, nothing yeah. is, you just. I think about that. Yeah, like, no one gives a shit. No one yeah, gives a like, shit. Like, I the universe, like, yeah. a, like, a meaner way to say it is like, the universe doesn't give a fuck. They really yeah. don't. Like, no. I, I talk about that a lot with people that are close to me. It's like things that seem so huge in our lives. It's like, no one gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah exactly. Not the good stuff. Not like if you write a good song or if you do good work, but just like the other stuff you might be worried that is like in the ether. It's like, yeah, I no was, one cares. I always say, like, it's like the best slash worst thing you could, like, know yourself or tell somebody's like no one gives a shit about you so with that information it's like relax no yeah. one gives a shit so do what you want but it's also no one gives a shit you know? <laughs> so it's the best slash worst thing you can find out like uh you know just well like, people I, give a shit but i just think in a broader sense they're just focused on their own shit yeah they're not thinking about that thing you said at a party and they're not focused on it and you you know unless you tell someone you know, like, hey, uh, go fuck your mother yeah. with a grenade. The, in general, they're not thinking about a thing. You don't need to call them and go, remember that thing I said? That was really dumb. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, everyone's focused on themselves. I once, uh, yeah. like, uh, I, I got into a habit a while back. To, like, I would look in the mirror before leaving the house going, they don't care and you don't care about that. And then I would leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't care and you don't care about that. By the way, I, I hope you were dressed up in, like, 70s garb with sideburns. <laughs> and, like, I was a, trying a new See, outfit. I saw a zoot suit. Just like, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, you saw a zoot yeah. suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't just, care and you, you don't care, don't care about, about that. And you don't Okay, zip it, zap it, do. Um, well, how does this factor into your relationship? Then, are you? Do you guys have a good balance with, um, you know, the, just the different neuroses? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think it's good to, on one hand, people with similar neuroses shouldn't be together because then you could get into like. Is this cancerous? And the person's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. It could be. But, it, do you think it is? But no, I think that you learn to be really good when you're in all your relationships in life. You learn to be good. Uh, to, to You learn to be like a counter. Yeah. You know, it's sort or of... Or you try to be. It seems like... I don't know. This is... I am not a therapist. <laughs> what are you going to say? Well, it's just that... <laughs> However. <laughs> However, if, if I a, may. Here's a prescription. Wait, what? <laughs> It's just that if you had to watch your younger sister die, you are you have no control over that. So does that mean that you might be prone to trying to hyper control everything else because you were in this situation when you were young that you couldn't fix? Are you trying to fix something now that you think maybe you couldn't fix when you were younger? I don't know if it's as much fixing, but I have real control issues. Like, I have real germ issues. Mm-hmm. So I think about that a lot and think about all the ways in which, like, I need to control that and wash my hands and not touch certain things. And, yeah. Um, but it's all bullshit because I think about it, you know, then I'll be in a car and I won't wear my seatbelt. And, like, right. I'll, I'll <laughs> sooner die of that than, like, to <laughs> see. But, yeah, like, you know, it's why I'm so upset on planes. Mm-hmm. I have real control. Like, I want to be able to control things because I've had so many things that were that felt out of control and not just also that experience, but then also what happens after that, like my life felt out of control for an extended period of time. Sure. You know, I couldn't control like you ever had panic attacks. Yeah, of course. Like that is, um, it's such a profound experience because in the, from the second you have your first one and like, you know, real panic attacks, not like, you know, you hear people like, oh, I'm having a panic attack. It's like, like well, if you're having a fucking panic attack, you wouldn't be telling me. You'd be like... You'd be fucking running around in circles clutching yeah, your yeah. chest. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like strapped up to a cardio machine. You know, you'd be freaking out. Yeah. Um, and, and so 
you know, when I started in Pantax, my life really changed because I felt like I had no control of my life. Like, I couldn't go to dinner. I couldn't go to a movie. I couldn't do anything because what if I had... You know how it is. The fear Fuck. of having one is worse. Oh, than my God. Them. Yeah, that was the first month when I was in college. I had them for a month, and I didn't know what they were. Yeah. And the internet was not really a thing that everyone had access to all the time yet. So it was... I just didn't know. I was just like... There's something wrong. I thought I was dying. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It felt like how strokes have been described to me. And the fear of going out. I don't know why I needed to be home. It was still the same experience. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't go out because I was like, I could go and then I could freak out, but then I just need to race home. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the fear of if they happen is almost greater than them happening. Well, that's because panic attacks are based on, and anxiety is based on um, the what if question. Yeah. Which is uh, usually a terrible, any question that you ask yourself that starts with what if is usually a terrible question. Yeah. Because it sends you in a very bad direction. It's never like, what if my career goes the way I dream it will? <laughs> ah. <laughs> what if what everything if, just if works I, out rad what today? If? What if 20 years from now I look back and I've really accomplished it all? <laughs> what if I'm already fulfilled? Yeah. <laughs> what if my lunch is as good as I want it to be? But that's where I think but that's where I think people actually have more control than they think and when they find themselves asking bad what if questions, you can, you know, and even if it does nothing more than distract you for a minute, that's enough to stave off, you know, what could be a very horrible panic situation. Well, it's all how you look at it. Like, you can see the human mind and body as, like, this flailing piece piece of garbage that has no control and might just get, like, shot in the head and, like, is emotionally unstable and can't do anything and panic attacks make you feel like this, like, irrelevant, out-of-control thing. Right. Or you could see, like, yourself, your mind, your body as, like, this amazing machine that has so much control. And when you can rationalize things and talk through things yourself in your head you really feel unstoppable so it i've like i've really felt both ends of that spectrum really intensely yeah which is funny because you can be so certain of that but then occasionally you'll get hit by one where you're like no but this time this i really do need to be hooked up to a cardio machine yeah like oh no this was that thing they're so physical but people who haven't had them don't understand how physical they are like yeah you can not see straight you can your your entire body will feel like it's not yours you won't oh it's the word if you if you if you go look at the um if you go look at the dummy symptoms that go along and i say dummy symptoms in other words they're not like they're not usually what you think they are yeah but the the list of symptoms is really extensive and crazy and like wow that too can be a symptom of anxiety like it's it's pretty it's insane and the long-term symptoms are crazy the worst is i don't know if you guys ever have this do you ever disassociate um, I haven't really been disconnected in that way. I mean, I, I've certainly felt out of my body yeah, a that, bit. That feeling where you're not there, but not it's. But I, I've had a limited experience with that. That's my least favorite. Uh, well, of course, <laughs> I, I can imagine because <laughs> that's that's that, those are the moments, and that comes from panic and anxiety where you're just like. Well, I'm not even living my fucking life. Yeah. So it's not even like with panic and anxiety, you're like, I'm living a horrible life. <laughs> but when you disassociate, you're like, I'm not even living a life. Oh yeah. Well, there, you know, and if you, uh, I've seen before people on, you know, just in looking at anxiety forums, which I've had to do sometimes. Someone will say like, talking about disassociation, like, yeah, you know, I I did some I did some drug or whatever when I was young and I've never felt like and something like broke. I thought I had that. I that's I write about that a lot on my the records. I talk about this acid experience I had with acid. 
And I literally thought that I ruined my life because I was like fucked for a couple months. Oh, for a couple months? Yeah. I was like totally. But it was also like a year after I lost my sister. It was very, it was terrible timing. It like unlocked a lot, but like it really blew me out. And I was just totally not there. And I was like home for months. Well, you probably, my guess is that you probably just didn't want to deal with all of the. Yeah. It's it's strange that. yeah, the the you know the 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 sadness from losing someone is really, it, it's very unique, because it's not like, I mean you go through a breakup and you're bummed out about it, but you know exactly what it is that you're upset about, but the but actually losing someone or like going through a real like some really intense trauma, it just it just settles this really deep. It's just like it's almost like um, you know like a very deep lake below a glacier. Or something where it's just down there and you don't realize it and you're like, I just feel weird. I don't know. Yeah. And then someone will go, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, your dad died. Went, oh, my God. that's co- Of course that's what it is. Yeah. Like you just forget. You, you walk with it more than you do other things. That Absolutely. Because it just, it just kind of settles into your molecules. Like in a breakup, you'll, like be, you'll, you'll be really distraught. You'll do something like, oh, I haven't thought about Mary in a couple hours. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah. like, with loss and that kind of grief, it's it just a part of you now. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then you just live with it forever and it changes, um, but it never goes away and it shouldn't. You know, that that's also a beautiful thing. Right. Yeah. You the, wouldn't want it to. No, no, no. Of course not. Because that's what keeps it alive. Yeah. There's actually a, the, I saw this uh, Australian horror movie called Babadook that's on demand right now. It's, it, <laughs> but it's like, but it's great because the whole thing is a metaphor for like uh, living with Ricky loss and grief. Oh, I'm sorry. Something. Yeah, it sounds silly. It's a silly thing to kind of you know, bring up, but like, um, it's like it's, it's a beautiful way of talking about like you know, it's like there's this whole kind of like you know demon type thing that's haunting this mom and her son, and it's like you know she's still like dealing with the grief of like losing her husband. Yeah, and like it's like you, it's like she has to, she can't fight it. She has to learn to live with it, and it's a, uh, it was, it's, it's so funny because you think you're just watching this kind of horror movie at the end you're like oh shit yeah, this like, said much more than i was prepared for babadoo yeah. babadook babadook yeah, yeah that, it's an interesting one i think about a lot like how you 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 know you want to be able to move on but you don't want to leave everything yeah but you don't want to take too much you know it's like you see these people that like have gone through things and they've become so fucking complicated you don't want to be one of them right but you also don't want to be someone that's like just like I'm new, you know, I'm, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a tough yeah, I don't want to compartmentalize act. like emotions. I think that can lead to, you know, a weird spot as a person yeah. where you just start to go, okay, cool. That's over there. It's like, it's like, well then what's an experience then if you're not, you're, well, it's you're actually not, not over there. You can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, but like, you know, you'll, you, you'll act as if, yeah. but I, I think that can, you can get into some real weird dark places when you start to go, well, this is this section and this isn't me normally, but I can be that person. I think it'll start to really split your psyche up. It's also impossible because when people try to do that and like anytime I've tried to do that, like, or if I've tried not to grieve, it, it will physically manifest yeah. in panic attacks. It will, it will like come out of your skin. Oh, yeah, your body. If you don't deal with it. Your body's going to deal with it one way or another. It's either, you're either going to deal with it or you're going to be forced to deal with it. And, and one of the things that I was able to do, and again, I think it was because of the nature and the way, for the way that he died, but was just go, well, I'm just going to feel how I'm going to feel on a day-to-day basis for who knows how long. And if I feel like crying, I will cry. If I feel like being weirdly happy, I will be weirdly happy. And so basically not fighting the wave uh, made it a lot easier than if it was like, I just don't want to fear, you know, yeah. trying to fight it off. And yeah. it's like, I should experience those yeah, things. Because that's like, and then all of a sudden, you're like, instead of just having one feeling, you're having two feelings. 
Like, and you're like, it's like, you're like, oh, I'm happy, but why am I happy? I'm bummed out. I'm happy because I should be bummed out. Right. And everything starts getting muddy. And then you, you know, that's a lot of people have issues with showing a lot of emotion. I think that's why a lot of people like would normally suppress that kind of thing, which sucks. I think that there's like a stigma of like crying in public or just being really emotional where people just don't like to look at that kind of stuff. Right. Or in public going, get in the truck. It's <laughs> another, another thing that people want. Spent a lot of time at Cracker Barrels. <laughs> so have I. I'm sure you have. Really, yeah, yeah. Really have. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always sort of I'm, I'm envious slash a little frightened by the lifestyle of a nomadic touring musician of, you know, I mean, like, at least with, with stand-up, you can sort of, like, Go to a city, fly home. Go to a city, fly home. But that, I would love to do like a like a month or two just in a bus yes. around the country. But I feel like at a certain point, I might start going crazy. It's weird because there's different um, moments of it. You know, like you you feel the beginning of a tour. Each and each tour kind of has the same feeling where it's like there's a feeling to the beginning, and there's like this like weird rock bottom part, and there's like this towards the end part. It's just it's like a, you have a relationship with every tour. And is the. Uh, are you weirded out the most, like at the halfway point of the tour, or where you go, oh, we, we're only halfway, or is it the beginning, or what's what's your weird? It's usually point? the halfway point, or it's weather related. Like cold and tour is a very stressful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's funny. It's like uh, I've been on tour for like fifteen years at this point, mm-hmm. pretty much consistently. So it just I feel like sometimes there's more comfort on tour than there is at home. Yeah, just because it's I think because it's meant to be uncomfortable. So you're like, oh well, this is supposed to be fucked up. So it's like. Not crazy that I feel weird, but if I'm like home in my like apartment with all my shit around and I feel like bizarre, then it's like, what the fuck is wrong here? Yeah, but that, so when you're on tour, there's um, there's you're, it's like you're busy all the time. No, yeah. sort of. Well, it's like I mean, in, in in itself, you could just be sitting on a bus. It's or like a hurry van. up and wait thing. But yeah, but you're like you know, you get up that day, you have a show that night. All right, I have this thing to do tonight. When we have to eat before we get there, when I, I have to make this call. Uh, when we get there, we have to soundtrack. And then there's we're gonna, a purpose. Yeah, there's you have this purpose every day. Yeah. This guy, uh, I think he's I think he's in the band Braided. It was in the band Braided Vans or something like that. But he uh, just he got out, he got out of being in a band, and he wrote this whole thing about like all this like weirdness that came out of. He's like, oh, it turns out like I wasn't ever busy. I didn't really ever do anything besides just play these shows because he's like sitting at home now. He's like, what do I do? Like he doesn't know what to do uh, without these little. It's an things interesting. To do every day. I have an interesting parallel story, which was. There was a brief period of time when I was young. Um, I wanted to go into cartoons. And my best friend in high school was a storyboard artist. And he was a very successful storyboard artist. And I was like, well, maybe I could go into, maybe I could go into storyboards. You know, like maybe this is something I could do. Because I, I can draw okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so he goes, all right, well, if this is something you want to do, then I'll tell you what uh, someone told me to do. Um, just, uh, just draw a guy. Like walking across the street. I'm like, what do you mean? What's he doing? And he's like, no, he's just a guy. He's just there. Just draw a guy. I'm like, well, he's got to be doing something. I don't understand. And I could not just fucking draw a guy walking across the street. It was like, does he have any activity? Is he wearing something? Where are the car? Like, I couldn't. And it was almost like I couldn't define him. And this is where it loops back around is not being able to define someone with by, you know, if they're not doing something. Which was such a strange experience, yeah. and I just didn't become a storyboard artist because I could I could <laughs> never <laughs> just draw a guy. I would start, and I'm like, "What is his leg back? I don't fuck. I don't know what he's doing." Wow. And so, I wonder if that 
you know, was more a product of my brain of like, how do you define someone yeah. unless they have a specific directive? You still can't you know, cross streets to this day. I won't go across the street. No, I matrix jump over <laughs> yeah. them. Um, yeah, but, that's that's a really. Uh, it's like you, your brain almost like overcomplicated the whole thing. completely. But also, but but the idea of trying to define someone by, you know, what they're doing, and that that's who they are. Yeah, and then you sort of have to remember. That that's not always. Well, there's a lot of that on tour. Like I'm on tour. Right. That, that defines yeah. purpose. Yeah. Months, I'm on tour. Months of your life. I'm on tour. Like people say, "What do you have to?" Like, "Oh, I'm on tour." Yeah. And it's that means so many things because tour is 24 hours a day. Yeah. It's a really weird thing. I don't know what my life would be like without it, or how I would move past it, or what I'm going to do if my body can't tour anymore. It's just such a part of who I am. Do you? And it always has been. Like since 15 is when I started touring. Do you ever want to have kids? Yeah, but that's another thing is I'm not like, I feel like I love touring in a very healthy way. It's like I want kids. I have an apartment. I want to like have all that stuff too. And I love being home. I just always also want to be touring. Mm -hmm. Really, it's not like in, but it is also a little bit tied to like losing my sister and those times I was on tour right after that. And it felt like home was this like devastating place. And on tour was like anything can happen. You can wake up every night the next morning and feel totally different. So there is this like weight that I feel at home and not so much on tour that I do think goes back to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe at some point you'll discover that you should just force yourself to do nothing for a month and see what happens. I mean, like it's almost rock opera. It's sort of like exploring, you know, um, it's kind of like why, you know, there's so much emphasis in the press on space exploration. It was like, what about ocean exploration? Like, why not go inward? Let's yeah. let's focus some resources and see what the fuck is here. You know, like what's in yourself. You know, taking a inner space, an inner space. Well, the Dennis brain Quaid. is a big one. We're only at 15 percent knowledge of the brain, right? I don't know what the specific percentage is, but That's the last one I read. <laughs> I don't remember what the There's a new one, 16. Yeah. And then someone else someone else said like, yeah, the percentages thing isn't really a you know. No, oh, not capacity of what we use. I've heard that's bullshit. Right. Uh, a doctor recently told me that's crap, but but uh, I recently read something that said we only science only understands Oh, understands what 50% of the brain. does. Right, right, right. Which yeah. really upset me. <laughs> oh, you want to know what that, that other Yeah, we'd love to know. And I'd love to like like kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like a doctor saying you're going to start feeling a lot better. Yeah. Like if we knew more, then maybe like someone could like flick something in the back of my brain, and they could be like, you know, you're going to be a little bit less worried about you know dying of pneumonia, right? Just because yeah. that one isn't helpful for you. Other ones are, but that one isn't. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if knowing about that stuff, your brain would awaken like the parts that. You know, it's like if someone's explaining, oh, these are other things the brain does. I wonder if that would trigger something in, some, in people's brains without having to do anything. I think so, because knowing how, like, anxiety works it, it means so much to me and has changed the way I think. Like, the, the, the grooves, now things get stuck. And if you get stuck on a thought, then it's, like, f- fixes a groove. And it's more likely that you'll go to that thought. Like, yeah. it, 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 like, makes me passionate to push past anxiety. Well, it also, because in, in this case, the knowledge is the power that gives you control over the situation. You know how to deal with that information. But when things just start happening and you're like, I don't know, you're just stuck in this loop of helplessness and inactivity because you don't know how to sort it. Yeah. You don't know where it goes. So, you know, I think that's also probably helpful too. And again, that's a, more, that's a control issue. You're like, oh, 
I know how to. I yeah. know. I know how to control this anxiety. I recently found out like uh, I've I've been really into just like DJing, like like playing music when my friends are hanging out, uh, and I've always kind of liked it, but I like find myself doing it more and more. Uh, how often do your friends hang out? Well, I mean, like you know, like it, like when there's a group of friends like at a house or something like that, I'll be like, oh, let me plug in. I'll play, you know. So like, you know, it happened last New Year's, and ever since then, I've done it maybe about five times. Oh, cool. You know, I, but I think about it a lot, and I I started like making playlists and stuff like that, and I realize like my need to like play like it gives me something to do, but also gives me control of the environment. It's like if I'm like oh, if, yeah. I, if I'm like picking songs to play and people respond to, I'm like I'm like. I'm controlling the feeling of this environment without really participating in. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it made me, cause I've been friends with DJs for, you know, forever. And like, I, I never understood it until like, I'm like, Oh, this is neat. You're, you're caught. You're like, you're interacting with these people, but you're not, you're not talking to them. You're just, you're just making a thing. And I think that might be a, like a form of like controlling, like one's environment or one's situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I read a thing recently about like men who go to like, like S and M clubs and, and stuff like that and get like beat up and tied up and whatnot. And like how the control is really in their hands because they're controlling the way they're being abused. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. And it was like this whole study of like how S and M really is a control thing, even though it seems like it's an out of control thing. <laughs> and it just really fascinated me. Wow. wow yeah. I, I mean, I've never really, and I thought about it a lot with the whole Gianga Meshi stuff going on. Right. Which S and M and yeah 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 which which it really became twisted to be about that which is not about that. Are you? Uh, I mean, I don't have any predisposition to like wanting to get beaten up or wanting to hit. I mean, like, but I I'm sure don't... there's there's elements that we all have of like you know that stuff like a, like a hair pull or you know. Or... Well, yeah, but like elements of and all everyone has fetish elements. Some of them yeah. make a lot of sense. Like I like college porn. And I think the reason why is because I didn't go to college. Hey. So my impression... <laughs> I, my impression I, I kind of have a similar... Yeah, I'm like, so ooh, like, a dorm. This is what I assumed was happening. Yeah, so, so like the dream is alive. Like, did you go to college? I did go to college. Yeah, so it's like you know whatever fucking really goes on. I'm sure it sucks. Or maybe it's awesome. Or maybe it's somewhere in between. I just, you know, I didn't go to... I did go to college, so I like watching porn where people are getting their equivalency or, you know, <laughs> yeah. going online and... Or just... Or trying to achieve their dreams earlier. Do you really yeah. like medical dental office? Yeah, it's like it's because um, the dream is. It's like the, my impression of college from the things I've seen online is just that like that's what goes on. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it was. It's actually kind of a weird thing too. It's a uh, like I guess any kind of like fetish or uh, something like that. It's like I didn't know. I didn't realize it until like I saw it and I was like, oh, and I and then you saying it made me go, yeah, I do look up specifically. Yeah, like Dare dorm. Yeah, yeah. College fuck fest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's all these. College related places. <laughs> that's fucking, yeah. Yeah. Shit. Well, I wonder if that's also, you know, there's, but there's also something about, in a broader sense, I'm guessing, if I'm just hyperanalyzing everything, there is something about uh, soiling an institution. You know what I mean? Like the institution of college. Interesting. There's no, yeah. something about, like, you know, <laughs> soiling an institution. Yeah, you yeah. mean essentially. Like college or cabs. Or fuck trucks. Yeah. <laughs> what about train trains? <laughs> That's where everyone gets on a train and then lines up all the way at the end of the train. Yeah. It's like uh, what if Snowcatcher? What if was a, what if Snowpiercer snow was a porn? Yeah. Snowpiercer becomes Snowcatcher. Yeah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah. Gross me out. What? <laughs> Gaggy with a spoon. Gaggy with a spoon. Hey. Nice. 
By the way, the song Valley Girl still totally holds up if you listen to it. <laughs> it still fucking totally holds up start to finish. Wow, shit. The satire. Uh, yeah, so maybe that, is, maybe that is something about, you know... I think we all have different fetishes. It's just based on different things that we have or haven't experienced. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. That's true. Although, I really honestly don't think I have anything that's... I mean, it's just well, like... You wouldn't think it's out of the No, sex is fun. With the uh, ferrets. <laughs> with, right? uh, ferrets. With ferrets. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I keep... Jonah has this bit about how... He races home one time to jerk off, uh, and he gets in the door, and he had all these dogs, and he runs into the bedroom, and right as he's about to come, the dogs run in, and they think it's playtime, and so now he's in this situation, I'm sorry for doing your bit, but now he's in this situation where he's coming and having to kick dogs in the face. Uh, to keep them away, and he's like, "What if I did? That's the moment I discover that's a thing that I have." Like, yeah, so I, I'm constantly. Is that how fetishes start? Like a weird thing happens. Yeah, and then you go, it could be. Hold on, that was the best <laughs> orgasm I've ever had. Hold on, yeah. So yeah, I'm always I'm always wondering if something's going to happen. Where I'm like, oh my, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh that. Yeah. Well, you, maybe you need to put yourself in more situations. But if I did that, then I wouldn't have as much control. Oh, no. shit. No, you know, for me, control was about... Uh, well, I think there are a couple of things. Number one, um, my parents fought a lot when I was a kid. So did they as stay a together? Child, what? they stay together? They did not stay together. They divorced when I was 11. Um, uh, and so... They uh, they fought a lot when I was a kid, so you know that didn't. And my parents were both individually great to me. Like I didn't, yeah. they were not shitty to me at all. They were wonderful, but to each other, they were you know they did not get along. And so there's a certain amount of like, oh, I seek control and stability because you know I saw this kind of tumultuous thing when I was growing up, and it was never abusive. Like it's never physically abusive, just like just yelling. Yeah. How's uh, that? How's that work for you in relationships now in your life? Um, I don't know, actually. I, I do think sometimes I find myself in situations where I'm trying to fix something uh-huh. or trying to fix a, someone like, oh, I can stitch this up in a way that maybe I couldn't for my parents. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there are many innovative ways that will continue to reveal themselves throughout <laughs> my life. But then also, um, you know, now I'm such a stickler for... Uh, and I wouldn't say that I'm like a rabid control freak, but I really do like control, especially because you know I was such a I was such a loose cannon when I was in my twenties and just like drank a bunch and just did a bunch of crazy stuff that I feel like now I just I just need to have everything. You know, I never gave a shit about anything before, like paying bills on time or showing up <laughs> places or you know like I would just I could just drink for a week and it would be great. And now it's very much like, you know, calendars, very organized. Like, I, I need to see everything laid out. I like to know exactly what's going on, you know. Yeah. So, for me, I think that's, that's how my control um, manifests, manifests yeah. itself. Just trying to be able to control the events. Yeah. And also, I also think that catastrophizing, which it sounds like you do a bit, is definitely a control issue. Yeah. Because if you're catastrophizing, you're basically predicting what you perceive as, you know, the easiest outcome. Like, well, of course this is going to happen yeah, yeah. because that, you know, it's, it's much harder for us to project like the, what if I succeed and I'm happy? You know, that's much harder <laughs> to project because especially with what we do, there's just the, there's the, the, you know, it's sort of like a batting average. The, the high success rates are actually still very low percentage wise. So we just get so used to rejection and brick walls and, 
and also like kind of what you're saying like if you're gonna like have a career as absurd as like writing songs or playing music or something like that which is like it's so hard there's such a small percentage that'll work out yeah then like the percentage that your house will catch fire is probably small also but it's like if you're the kind of person that's like banking on this little thing it also works the other way sometimes i feel like i can imagine all the 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 crazy like struck getting hit by lightning or eaten by a shark percentage is happening to me too yeah. because I'm thinking about that in positive areas of my life as well. Did any of the songs of uh, that became hit songs, were you were you like, oh yeah, or were you like, what just happened? I've never been like, oh yeah, it's, it's always a big, it's a weird thing because it's like there's two parts of me. There's a part of me that like wants to take over the world and thinks I can do it and thinks I have all these great ideas and it makes me work like crazy and there's a part of me that thinks I'm a total piece of shit and they're constantly like fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no arrogance to the to the other part. It's not like like it's it's just it's more like a confidence. It's like an exciting feeling. Sure. It's not like um it's not like a dark feeling. It's actually like I love it and I wish I had more of it sometimes. Um but it's but it's strictly artistic. It's not commercial. So I only think about that with like the quality of the work. When something commercially becomes a big thing, I always think like, oh, that's wild. Well, there's no and, and also I think it's important to remind people that there's no merit in keeping yourself down or thinking you're a piece of shit. There's no merit in that. Like I think some people are so worried and I've talked to people before that are sort of like, Well, I mean, I just don't want to be one of those egocentric people, you know, so I keep yeah. myself down. Yeah. It's like, well, a, you're still focused on yourself, and B, uh, there's no merit in shitting on yourself. Like that doesn't do anyone any good. You can't do any good for anyone. Really uninteresting, also. <laughs> yeah, it's really like a tired concept. Yeah, you know, which is probably why like we're all so focused on Kanye. Which is, you know, there's a lot of different elements about him. But one thing that's really exciting about him is how much he loves what he does and then goes and does it. Right. Yeah. And, and actually, like, does a great job at his specific work well i think it's we always think about the the type of artist that with that crazy amount of confidence that everyone's like yeah man, they're so shitty don't they know yeah i think you everyone's know? terrified of being that yeah exactly that's like the, that's a huge fear i have of just uh you know overstepping my own boundaries here's a fun thing to remember though most of the things that you fear the most will never come to pass but for some people they do some things do. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. That you cannot say with 100% certainty that all of them don't. Like for example, like if Chris Brown looks in the mirror and he's like, is everybody saying I'm a terrible person? Yeah. Like, I wish I was there to be like, yes! Yeah. Like, and go away while you're at yeah, it. Like, but then he says in the mirror, you think, what you say? And then he punches the yeah, mirror. Like, what, what you think everyone is saying, it's actually a hundred times worse. No, Chris yeah. Brown looks in the mirror and he says, it doesn't matter what they say and I don't care about <laughs> yeah. that. Oh my God, Joni, you're just like Chris Brown. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> and throws on his zoot suit and goes out. And, yeah, exactly. But so, so it is stressful because there are these characters that like, you're almost it's almost the opposite you're like do you even know how much we all hate you yeah (laughs) do you even know what's being said but i think ultimately you know then that's like defining yourself by other external things and if you can be happy with yourself and like what you do and just be comfortable with that then none of that stuff really matters that's true and i had a doctor once you know when i was a much worse hypochondriac that would say look if you hear uh if you hear uh hoof sounds if you hear you know it's probably a horse and not a zebra. In other words, you know, the, the, the unlikely, it's probably not the unlikely thing. It's probably more the likely thing. Yeah. Of course, my answer is like, what if I'm in the savannah? You know, but, uh, <laughs> but I had a doctor when I was going through, really, it was in Japan, and I thought I was dying, but I was having a panic attack. And this 
much older doctor came over and he said something in the air. I forgot. He, he, I thought it, I had him check me all out. And then we had this like really somber moment where we both realized that I was just anxious and it wasn't a big deal. And I didn't need to like pay the premium to have the doctor come to my hotel room. But he looked at me and he goes, it takes decades for someone to understand their own body. And I think about it every day because it's so incredible. It's like there's this pressure. We're just supposed to get it. Everything yeah. we feel, it's us. So we're just supposed to get it. If we don't get it, then we're stupid or we're out of touch or, or we're not you know, whatever it is, but like maybe it's going to take me till I'm 70 to understand what it really feels when I start to feel panic or anxiety and how I can soothe it. Right. I loved it. I think about it all the time. It's a good quote. He might've also said, what if he whispered in your something like, uh, have you ever seen naturally blonde pubic hair? Because <laughs> he was in Japan. And... Well, he probably left the room. Was like, he was like, There's it takes decades for someone to understand their body. I was like, thank you. Somebody's probably left. And he goes, that guy's fucking fake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. By the way, Joan, I did not say that was something I was interested in. I said I that was, was something. It was kind of a detailed thing to bring up. I'm, no, I'm, because I was I, saying I there's, a le- the le- there's a less. Are you specific? In Japan, the zebra is blonde pubes. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't overthink it. That was a lot of metaphor mashing up there. <laughs> 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 <In> Japan, <laughs> zebra. I want to go there so bad. I want to go to Tokyo so bad. No, yeah, I want to go. I want to see that robot. I want to go to that robot burlesque bar. It's so cool because it's. I, I, I've done a bunch of traveling, and of all the places I've been, everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, we look a little different. We talk different. We eat different things, but we're the same. Absolutely. But I, in Japan, it's like this is another <laughs> world, and I love it. It's so amazingly just culturally different. Yeah, I can't wait. I don't know when I'm gonna have the time to go, but I really want to go. Yeah, I really want to go. Let's just go now. It's I'm not gonna, that far from here. You guys live in LA. LA. Yeah, stop I know. in Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. 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 <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. Mahalo. <laughs> hey, get some more letters, Jonah, for your hey, fucking alphabet. We only need that many. What is it? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Mm-hmm. So, what are the twelve? You invented this? No, no. But I'm from Hawaii. You are? Yeah. And to and to really. To graduate, yeah. Uh, and to graduate, you have to take like, like always studies. What? Like you were born there? Yeah, born and raised. Huh. Yeah. Uh, you can't tell? No. <laughs> <laughs> you look specifically East Coast. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's it's funny. Like being from somewhere so so specific and having everyone like assume like it's like I got north Northwest a ton when I first moved out here. I got Canadian and like there, and there's once I started kind of like. You know, like drinking, like people were like, like, oh, you're from Chicago, right? Which is like a horrible thing to say about Chicago people. <laughs> uh, you drink a lot. You, you're from Chicago, right? Uh, but it's, uh, it's all the, it's an A-E-I-O-U um, and then a K-W. Uh, I can't. Uh, I you can't go back there now. I can't, yeah, exactly. They're not going to let me back. Where, where in Hawaii? Main uh, Island? Uh, yeah, Oahu. Cool. Yeah. You, have you been? Yeah. I'm going again in February. Oh, nice. With bleachers? Yeah, we're playing a show. Nice. Where? I don't know. Huh? It's nowhere, anywhere else, I'd be like, I know the venue, the date, blah, blah, blah. Hawaii, it's like, my agent called me and was like, we got this thing in Hawaii. I was like, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The word loa is probably in it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mana. Manapua. By the way, um, Ma- Malakaliki Maka. It's a thing to say. Mm-hmm. Soon <laughs> it will be. Yeah. It's already true. Christmas almost. Uh, Fucking Christmas. I saw them... Erecting the Christmas tree lot near my house. The music is nice. It's very nice. I like the music takeover. It's very romantic. I mean, the one thing that cinema has done well for us as like a people is given us like a good sense of love in Christmas. Yeah, you know, like Christmas music makes me think of like getting the one you want that doesn't want you. Yes, just feels like like shit works out in Christmas. Yep. Also, I love that Paul McCartney Christmas song. 
Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The production is so cool. It's such a cool song, and everyone shits on it. Everyone shits on that song. It's a great song. It's a great song. I wonder what the next big Christmas song is going to be. Who would do it? Who would it be? You know what Christmas song I love and I never hear anymore at Christmas? It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's making turkey and collard greens. <laughs> when they did the Yo MTV, when they did like the, the, the MTV Christmas album, that first MTV Christmas album. Oh, that's right. Fucking yeah, yeah. awesome. That was good. Can... Mariah's still the biggest. Yeah. And the best. It deserves to be the best. It is really, yeah, that really one's good. great. The Neil Diamond Christmas album is really good too. Um, Springsteen Live, uh, Santa Claus Coming in Town. I, I hear, yeah. When he talks to Clarence during the <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. And he asks Clarence if he's what been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been good, Clarence. Is that going to bring you a new saxophone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I he offers love him a new saxophone. Here he comes. It's no, so Bruce, because Santa's just a figment of our imagination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. What <laughs> <laughs> other Christmas songs are really good? Paul's the best one. That's artistically the best. No, well, the best written song, I think, is... Um, uh, oh, what's the dark one? Which um, one? Oh, the... Uh... It's, like, it's super famous. Um, no. Uh, uh... Oh, my God. It's, like, really sad. Oh, Last Christmas by Wham? No, it's, okay. it's, but that's a good one. Christmas Shoes? No, not Christmas <laughs> Shoes. That song. Is that a song? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, is it the Ships one? No. Oh, my God. No. White Christmas? Racist. No. Blue like, Christmas? It's like sad. Hmm. Uh, Blue Christmas? <laughs> That's what you just said. Fuck. I, I don't know. know. Do you, can you think of any part of it? Uh, it's probably any, Love Actually. Any Carpenter's Christmas song? Which there are many. Oh, They put yeah. out like two double albums of... Ha- that's it. Have yourself oh, really yeah, yeah. Have yourself. It is a fucking sad one. That's just that's that's a, that's when a guy is just alone with a bottle yeah. next to him. We'll be we'll be together like if the fates allow. Like, yeah. So I'm now on our troubles. Well, that's someone who's made a very chilling decision. From now on our troubles will be out of <laughs> Christmas yeah. for me, I'm Jewish, so every year you're not Jewish. I am not. But you look funny that Neil yeah, Diamond released another, a Christmas thing, album. Um, I go to the. Don't uh, understand your crazy traditions. (laughs) (laughs) Why it's only one day of the year. (laughs) Uh, I think that'd be really funny. Neil Diamond sings trying to understand Christmas songs. But uh, yeah, his album is really good. It's a Christmas album. What's with that bush? Why not a candle? He just doesn't really understand. (laughs) What's with that bush? That's what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Diamond. Which also described the era in which he thrived. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There's a. A really phenomenal <laughs> Christmas song uh, by Rufus Wainwright and the McGarrigal family called Spotlight on Christmas that I fucking love. I don't know. It's a really... But I love him and them. It's yeah. just it's just Rufus is like... You know, he's he's got the... Is his sister on it? The sister, yeah. His sister's I prefer on her. It. I actually like her voice better. Oh, you do? I think she's brilliant. Saw them one I'm year... I'm a Loudon fan. Really? I saw you them one year at Carnegie Hall. Swimming song. Swimming song is one of the, all, it's one of the best Wainwright songs. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, do you know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I can't get enough of it. Okay. But what? I also like Rufus and yeah, Martha. That's, that's right. Well, yeah, see, so that's good. <laughs> you know, it's nice that uh, that you're excited about the holiday coming up and that uh, there's... I don't some... like buying people gifts. That fucking makes me crazy. Well, yeah, because you don't want to send thank you notes and you know. <laughs> well, yeah. But also, I'll be fair. I don't want gifts. That's good. I don't, I don't care. I really don't. No one ever gets me anything I want. I don't want anything. So it's like, I don't care. What about GIFs, a short internet movie? GIFs? Yeah. 
short internet movie. <laughs> <laughs> GIF to me is, by the way, porn related, just to circle back to that. Oh, it is? Yeah, I think most people my age, GIF, JPEG, Avi. Yeah. <laughs> remember Avi? You're a VLC player for some of those files, friend. Like, those AVI files. Do you yeah. remember going to like a uh, Avi's the guy room? running the camera in the college porn. Avi, yeah. <laughs> That's how Avi, I got the name. This, bro? My friend Avi uh, Berman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring up this song. Well, whether I don't, we, we're, we're at an hour and six minutes already, which oh, is really? amazing because it, it's honestly just felt like seven minutes to me. Hey, uh, I like that uh, Bleacher's album. Thank you. Really good. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It's really good. I'm excited about it. Yeah, you should be. It's, uh, it's, it's it fucking flows too. It's a good sequence. That is something yeah, that I like do. I, it's like, you know, because I like new records, I like to put them on and I'll just loop them. I'll loop the record. Yeah. And I like it's uh, like, like the new the, the always record is like one of those records I can do that too, and then you know like Kurt Vile and the Violators. It's just like there's certain records that I can like. It's like in yours is a good. Well, sequence. it was, it was thought of like I always write like I always write the first song, I write the last song. Like it's very, it's never I've never written 25 songs, pick 12 and sequence them. Like the songs I wrote, those were all the songs I wrote. They were written to be in the place. Too, too often a big like. A big symptom of 2014 is these albums that sound like 12 singles, not albums. Right. Yeah. And they're so absurd. Like, it's so it's so sad. You know, yeah. like, um, so I, I've felt so compelled, like, this has to be an album, mm-hmm. you know, made for the people who are going to listen to it as an album. Because people still buy albums. It's, you know. Yeah. It's not, or people still listen if they don't buy them. They still listen to albums. Yeah. Music is bigger than ever. It's just less money in it. And I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's more, more people. Uh... More people buying, you know, vinyl more than yeah. Ever. People should remember. I feel like the conversation about the music industry falling apart should be separate from the conversation about the that music is as, as if not more important than ever. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible that the where the money's of, flowing is a separate conversation. Yeah, there's nothing has nothing to do with like, but it's like everyone talks when they say like it's like music not doing good. No, music's fucking flying high. It's the industry. It's the business yeah. behind. Well, we're it. talking the deli- about the delivery method, the delivery method, the platform. It's all. Yeah. It's all. Screwy. Yeah, but it's not like we're. Yeah, that's weird, and that'll get figured out, and we'll all be fine. You yeah. Know, it's more like you know, great records are still coming out. Bands are playing amazing shows. Mm-hmm. Sounds are constantly changing. It's exciting. Stuff. Yeah. So it's really cool. Why don't you think of your body like music? It'll all sort out, and it'll all be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and just and just blow off into a, yes. <laughs> a fiery ball like Pippin, just let it that's go. what I want to let Pippin want to blow up let it right yeah were you about to do some let it go bit um no no you were yeah, you were <laughs> no I think you were shut up you were you were gonna do let it go you shut up no fuck you <laughs> be a great podcast no fuck you no fuck you and it's just yeah. basically <laughs> just someone blaming everyone else for all their problems yeah no fuck you <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. So, do you want to do you want to plug anything specifically, or, or well, any plugging I, I I would do at this point would would be undone by everything we already talked about. If someone's not interested in things we said, so I feel like we've had such extensive conversation that people are either going to look me up or not at this point. I'm gonna. I think they will. You are. Uh, uh, it's just your name. Uh, Jack Antonoff at tw- uh, uh, Twitter. Yeah, or the Bleachers one is Bleachers Music, but they're they all sort of become one thing nowadays. Oh, by the way, it was very nice to meet you and uh, Lena at the Emmys. Yeah, that you were both so sweet, and I was so nervous, and she made me feel so comfortable. You can you can find out a lot about people at award shows. I really think that. 
Because that's when they're in like weird. Well, it's like a horrible atmosphere. There's like tons of famous people around. It was like yeah. press around. And it's like when you meet people. Like when I met you, just for a second, it was like, oh, what a nice guy. It's like, okay, that's a, a you know, that is a really interesting, nice person. Very different than a lot of the experiences that you have throughout the night. Well, you know, everyone's just scared. It's a weird environment. Everyone's scared and they're uncomfortable and they don't want to be exposed and they're ner- they're nervous or they don't want to. I don't know because you know why? Because you cannot control that environment. No, and so yeah. you know, but like it could be so fun. Like I met, it should be fun. I met a whole bunch of people from Game of Thrones. I was having the oh, time nice. of my life. Also, I was just be- there being supportive. It wasn't like an award show I was involved with, so it was easier. You just got to have fun, relax. But like, of Game of it was Thrones. so cool. I met the Hound. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, I met Jon Snow. Thrones. I met George R. R. Martin. Nice. Game of Thrones. It was really exciting. That show specifically, when you meet the people from it, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, that's because they're so otherworldly. It's just yeah, like, they're not from here. Yeah, I got so confused. I was watching that um, God Save the Girl. It's not like meeting Laura Dern. You yeah, know, yeah, like... exactly. But like, there's a girl. There's a girl from Game of Thrones that's in that Bell and Sebastian guy's movie, uh, God Save the Girl. Which girl? Um, I'm trying to think of Is who. It Marjorie. Uh, She's been doing a lot of work lately. I think so. Natalie Dormer. Is that her name? Is that Natalie Dormer? I'm trying to. I'm... Natalie Dormer. <laughs> yes. Try and think. I'm trying to remember who she is in the show. Is a fucking? There's a hundred characters on that TV show, but if you look her up, uh, she's like very, very obviously. Who? What character? Uh, I'm trying to. think. What does she look think. like? She's uh. She red hair. Yes, but oh. she's not the one. She's not she's like not John Snow. No, not John Snow's lover. Uh, not Lena Headey. Not Lena Headey. No. Joffrey's wife. No, not Joffrey's wife. What is the movie called? God save the girl. It's not Joffrey. It's Joffrey. Geoffrey. No, it's J O F F. Oh, is it also geography? Uh, no, it's not any of those things. You're just adding vowel <laughs> sounds, you point. fucking Hawaiian. <laughs> what? God help the girl? Not a film. <laughs> what was I doing? Was I just yeah. falling asleep listening to Bell Sebastian? Same thing. Imagine. Oh, she was also in Skins. That girl. I don't see her. I can't see her. Uh, the little. Oh yeah, yeah. She plays um, what's his fuck? Oh yeah, she, fucking the big guy, yeah, Sam's. Yeah, that's right, Sam's. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, <sighs> I just, I just, I saw that that poster or trailer or something. Yeah, and I was like, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good, and she's great in it. She's very. Who from funny. Bell and Sebastian makes films? What? Who from Bell and Sebastian it's makes the, films? Uh, the main guy. What's his face? Bell. <laughs> uh, it's the singer. It's a, he crowdsourced uh, the movie. Uh, uh, oh, you're right. <laughs> Stuart Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. He, he oh, wrote cool. it. It's a musical. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. And he crowdsourced the whole thing, and uh, it's a, uh, it's good. It's a nice little. It's very twee, but it's very good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you been watching Sonic Highways? You say you like Rock Docs. You've been watching Sonic. I, I Highways? haven't just because it, it, like it started the day I left for tour. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I am. Um, this is like totally the old model. I'm sure corporations would love to hear me say this, but like when you know all the streaming business is at the whim of Wi-Fi, and if you don't have it all the time, if you're like traveling, you just need to buy episodes of stuff on iTunes. Yeah, and just buy tons of stuff. Which is, I feel like I'm the last person that's still just buying everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I still. That's that's the big thing when people talk about Spotify and Netflix and the, that whole side of music and film industry and what's not. It's all the whim of internet, which is not as big a part of the conversation as it should be. So everyone's like, when's Spotify going to take over? And like the answer is when internet is everywhere all the time. Which yep. is going to be very difficult. And I mean, it can be we can get that in chunks of the country, but America's just too fucking big. Yeah, but yeah. what do you think? Five years, internet will just be everywhere. It'll be. It should be most places, but you really do forget how much empty space there is. In but now the cars have internet. Cars do have internet, so which is great Wyoming. because I was not distracted enough while I was driving, so yeah. I need more <laughs> things to pull my attention. Uh, I have let my license expire because I am 
aware that I'll probably kill myself if I keep driving. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's good that I you let it happen and I'm that. moving on. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not unless again you're driving with your entire fa- friends and family all in the same car. Problem there is I'd have to make sure it was enough of an intense whack or fly off a cliff that we all go out. I think flying off a cliff would do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just go up the one. Yeah, but what if it doesn't? And hit a left. Yeah. Off the one and hang a left. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere. Uh, That is an excellent place to end the podcast. Jack, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. You know the song? Yeah, I've heard the song. It sounds way less vibrato. Yeah, it totally does. What year is this? Um, it's a few years old. The McGarrigal Christmas Hour album. Jonah hates Christmas. <laughs> I'm just recording this so we can get it on the end of the show. We won't get in trouble for this, right, Kenny? Oh. Is that the same thing? No, the more commentary, the better. Listen to Rufus shine a spotlight on Christmas. So is his mother in there. Kate and Anna. Which I think are the... Is it a mother or is it the sisters? Just the McGurgle... No, the McGurgle twins. Right. Or isn't that one of the other? God. I don't know. I need to go back and figure this all out. Are doing that for uh, You know, if you want to do a... Oh, I've always wanted to try something. Sure. If you put the volume back up. Yeah. A, a real natural fade. See if this works. The analog fade, the IRL fade. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.